in our second week back to public masses and I'd like to give more uplifting messages but with everything that's going on it's kind of difficult to do. Last week we celebrated Pentecost and ultimately the Spirit coming down upon the Apostles and, uh, the, and Mary and they spread uh, the word amongst them. Talked about um, you know, freedom, the Spirit leads us to freedom, even in something seems inconvenient, the freedom is ultimately to do what we ought to do, and we need to do it responsibly, so these precautions of COVID-19 are for our good and the responsible thing to do, and, uh, but the Holy Spirit does lead us to freedom. And then also, you know, even before last weekend, we... Um, the killing of Mr. George Floyd and the peaceful protest and then some of the riots that, um, and looting that wasn't really part of the protest, but that came out of that. And, uh, and so that's kind of what I was going to talk about today. And today's Trinity Sunday. We're supposed to be celebrating communion and unity. And right now that's kind of not where our country is. You know, with, the, with COVID-19, we're kind of forced into isolation, forced into uh, separation. Uh, and now with racism, we see how our country is divided on racial issues, still divided. And when it comes to racism, the, the church actually wrote a document, or, well, the, Arch, the bishops of the United States wrote a document called open wide our hearts and they did this several years ago and it's always been on the been on the forefront to the bishop's mind for for many years and so they in speaking about racism they first define what is racism and they say racism arises when either consciously or unconsciously a person holds that his or her own race or ethnicity is superior and therefore judges persons of other races or ethnicities as inferior and unworthy of equal regard. Racist acts are sinful because they violate justice. They reveal a failure to acknowledge the human dignity of the persons offended, to recognize them as the neighbors, as the neighbors Christ calls us to love. And racism comes in many forms. It can be deliberate. deliberate. Um, there can be symbols of hatred, such as nooses and swastikas in public spaces. There can be discrimination in hiring, housing, educational opportunities, incarceration, and racial, racial profiling. So in those cases, it can be very deliberate. However, it can be also sins of omission when individuals, communities, and even churches remain silent and fail to ask to act against racial injustice when it's encountered. And so we, we see with these peaceful protests, people are actually acting, you know, wanting, wanting change. And it's the responsibility of the government and really law officials to make those change, to make changes to uh, ultimately get rid of racism. And racism can be found in our hearts. 
whether uh, it might be unwillingly or unknowingly, it might be more out of ignorance. Just by our upbringing and culture, you know, me, I grew up in Albion, um, and even in seminary, or just the places I've lived, you know, it's never been a very diverse culture. So I just don't understand necessarily other cultures because I haven't been exposed to it. So it's not, I hope that I'm not racist, but yet I realize that I know very little about other races is just because I haven't been exposed to it. And so it might be that unwillingness or that just unknowing uh, that because I don't know the culture and the background of uh, their lives. It can also be institutional where there is a, a group or practices that are help, upheld by certain groups that uh, actually promote it or um, their policies uh, just lend to it. But the bishops have, uh, you know, what is needed. They have, you know, proposals of what is needed, and it ultimately starts with the genuine conversion of heart. You know, a conversion that compels change to reform our institutions and society. A change that helps realize the full realization of the promise of liberty, equality, and justice for all. And wonder whether we think we're racist or not, all of us ultimately are in need of personal and ongoing conversion. And our churches and our civic and social institutions also need uh, ongoing conversion or reform. We have to do justice. So it starts with the conversion of hearts and then do justice. And for a nation to be just, it must be a society that recognizes and respects the legitimate rights of individuals and peoples. And these rights precede any society because they flow from the dignity granted to each person created by God. So it's recognizing that all our brothers and sisters were all created in the image and likeness of God, and so we all have that equal dignity because we are God's sons and daughters, and we need to treat others with that dignity. We also need to listen and know, and as I said, I'm just pretty ignorant. I haven't grown up in very many diverse communities, so I just don't know the cultural uh, different backgrounds. And so kind of come to listen to know the stories of our brothers and sisters. And also with that, I think those people on the peaceful protest, you know, we have to listen to them, see what, what is their story, what is their background, uh, come to know you know, step into their shoes and out of our shoes uh, just to get to know it better. Because when a culture, when one culture meets another, lack of awareness and understanding often leads to distorted value judgments and prejudice. And so just not knowing something, you know, we, the unknown can be at times scary or it's going to affect how we act towards that person. We gotta love goodness. You know, most people, as I said, don't consider themselves a racist. And a person might admit to being prejudiced, but certainly not racist. 
And when we begin to separate people in our thoughts for unjust reasons, when we start to see some people as them and others as us, we fail to love. And we can even see that among even, I guess, our own neighbors, whether they're a different culture or ethnicity. Sometimes we do have different ideas about maybe our neighbors and we treat them differently, or it is them and us. But yet, love is the heart of the Christian life. We're all called to love. And so that, that love compels each of us to resist racism courageously, requires us to reach out generously to the victims of this evil, and to assist the conversion needed in those who still harbor racism, and to begin those changes, change policies and structures that allow it to persist. Next, the bishops call us to walk humbly with God, you know, to press forward without fear, to walk humbly with God in rebuilding our relationships, healing our communities, and working to shape our policies and institutions towards the good of all. Just recognizing that call that we're all called to be missionary disciples, to bring the good news uh, to everyone we meet to love others uh, by receiving God's grace and taking those steps for change. And also with that humility of heart, we have to recognize, acknowledge sin. And in this document, the church or the bishops actually port, uh, point out where the church has failed, that even one of the popes actually said it was okay for someone to have slaves. There were bishops who had slaves. And so the church acknowledges her own sinfulness of not standing up, standing out at all times against slavery or even racism. We also have to be open to encounter and new relationships. Mostly that encounter starts with Christ, to encounter Christ on a daily basis. And encountering Him, we want to help others encounter Christ, uh, to know Him and to, to love Him. We have to continue a resolve to work for justice, taking them concrete actions um, that include advocating for equality and how laws are implemented, making sure people have uh, economic economic well-being, appropriate health care, education, and training. Again, we have to educate ourselves. I kind of talked about that already, that I just don't know much. I haven't been in very many diverse um, communities. But it's not just knowing the people, but coming to educate ourselves and how we can move forward. And that's ultimately what led me to this document. And uh, Thursday night on NETV, I was watching Speaking of Nebraska, and they had a, a senator from Omaha, the mayor of Lincoln, and then also a, a pastor there who was on a, uh, was kind of the head of a group that really works towards ending racism. And they said that racism isn't always just about, in a sense, showing prejudice or um, 
you know, hate or harm towards someone of another race. It's that just not knowing, knowing the community they grew up in, not knowing the whole background. So just understanding and educating ourselves that um, they grew up in a different background. Um, they may, may not uh, have the same background as us. And already I'm using that them and us, so I'm not doing a very good job of, of the using inclusive words. We have to change our structure. You know, the church, as I said, admitted that it had its own, has its own faults, and working in the church to change its structure is one of the reasons for this document, and they've been writing documents uh, for many uh, decades against racism. And ultimately, just looking for that unity. And that's where I'm going to close today is we're celebrating Trinity Sunday. And one God, three persons, this unity of persons, this communion of persons of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And it's ultimately that the Trinity is that source of unity to help us take all these steps to overcome any fears or even work for inequalities. And from Revelation, we know that the one God who created the human race is triune, you know, a communion of truth and love. And so by faith, we recognize all the more clearly that human beings, by their very nature, are made for communion. And that's what makes these times so difficult, you know, with COVID, the separation, the isolation, and then with the... the racism, we just recognize that division, and it's against our nature, and so that's what makes this time really especially difficult, that we, we can't ultimately commune with others as we normally would like to, not able to do those things, um, that we, just to, to be with others, makes it, makes it difficult because it is against our, our nature. Pope Benedict XVI noted, as a spiritual being, the human creature is defined through interpersonal relations. The more authentically he or she lives these relations, the more his or her own personal identity matures. It is not by isolation that man establishes his worth, but by placing himself in relation with others and with God. End quote. We are met to love God with our whole being, which then overflows into love for our neighbor. Whoever loves God must love his brother. So this is the original meaning of justice, where we are in right relationship with God, with one another, and with the rest of God's creation. Justice was a gift of grace given to all of humanity. And so we, may we recognize our nature of being one, to being united, may we turn towards the Trinity who is a source of communion, a source of unity, and just offer ourselves to him, uh, take those actions that the, the bishops recommend, you know, looking for that conversion of hearts, recognizing our own sinfulness, and really stepping forward to do, do our part to, to end race, racism and really ultimately to love God and our neighbor as we would ourselves.